0: Welcome to my podcast. This is David Suisa with an emergency podcast because of the tragedy in Pittsburgh. We're delighted to have one of my favorite rabbis in Israel, Rabbi David Stav, whose reputation is as a bridge between Alaha, Jewish law, and the modern world. Welcome, Rabbi.
1: Good afternoon to you and to all of your listeners.
0: So originally I was thinking of having a long conversation with you on what's happening in Israel and so forth. But last Shabbat, we got ambushed uh, by this tragic earthquake in the Jewish community. And for the past 72 hours, nobody has been able to talk about anything else. We have never seen anything like this in America. And it's shaking us to our core. We don't even know how to react. And we're flailing away. Uh, One moment we grieve, we cry. The other moment we scream out. We get angry, we go political, we go sad, we go emotional. Uh, we're having trouble handling this, Rabbi, and you come from a country, unfortunately, that's seen a few too many Pittsburghs. Can you enlighten us a little bit?
1: You know, rabbis usually uh used to combine the weekly portion to uh, relevant events that occur to us, and I think that this uh, upcoming Shabbat that we all read about Abraham, our forefather, that is coming to uh, Hebron to bury his wife. And uh, as the verse is describing, that he came, Abraham, lispod le Sarah he came in order to mourn Sarah and to cry after her. And just afterward, the Torah describes the negotiation that he had, that he had to deal with all the Knanites that lived there in order to buy property, in order to be able to to bury uh, his wife. I think that uh, this disaster, this massacre that occurred in uh, Pittsburgh is first and foremost is a tragic event for the Jewish people, and the first and the ultimate response to that should be to cry together, to mourn together, to feel that we are united, to feel that people that have killed us because we are Jews didn't care whether we are right-wing or left-wing, whether we are Ashkenazi or Sephardi, and whether we are reform or conservative or Orthodox, they killed us because we are Jews. And if we die because we are Jews, I guess we should look after ways in order to live together as Jews.
0: One of your causes in Israel is to have one chief rabbi rather than a Sephardic rabbi and an Ashkenazi rabbi. Is that correct?
1: It's a part of our program, but that's not the main issue. I think that uh, this is already something that is going to disappear. I mean, it serves uh, political purposes to have uh, one Sephardi and one Ashkenazi, but the public reacts in a very uh, different way in the modern Orthodox world and in the secular world as well. I think... Sephardi and Ashkenazi do not exist anymore. I mean, it's right. only something. It's like for Ashkenazi here, my grandpa came from Poland, your grandpa came from Romania or Czechoslovakia, who cares? I mean,
0: yeah, meanwhile, meanwhile, Rabbi, a Jew hater comes into a synagogue with a gun and he has, doesn't care at all whether you're Sephardic, Ashkenazi, or any of that. And yet, here we are, we care. And I've seen so much commentary since Pittsburgh that. Jews against Jew, which is, well, it's Trump's fault, but no, it's not, and we should have done something better, and we did something wrong, and it's the Jews' fault, and this is how we can avoid things, and it's disheartening how Jews have this instinct to go against each other. On the one hand, I think it's good because we have healthy debate, and we, we have machloket is a part of the Jewish tradition. But on the other hand, sometimes we take it so far, but we don't know when to not have a machloket. Like for twenty-four hours, can we have no machloket? Can we just grieve? We we can't do that. What's what's wrong with us? Yes, uh, I don't want to continue this uh, description <laughs> that uh, criticize
1: ourselves. I, I I would like to focus on the good uh, side of that. I think that uh, everybody, but I think everybody in Israel and overseas uh, felt. Um, the pain, the pain of the uh, of the loss of uh, eleven Jewish souls in uh, in Pittsburgh, and and everybody felt. We heard about it right after Shabbat, and it was shocking to us in Israel as well. Not because these uh, cases uh, couldn't occur, couldn't occur before. We, uh, for us in Israel, we believe that the Jews should live in Israel despite despite the prices that we pay. But we know that uh, Jews have paid always prices for being Jews, and our challenge is always to overcome this uh, pain and to overcome this uh, these kind of events. I really believe that uh, this week everybody in Israel and elsewhere is in Pittsburgh, feels that he belongs to Pittsburgh. I know that schools in Israel, I know that SOHA organization, the organization that I'm running, and I'm the chairman of this organization, it was this Shabbat is organizing uh, many communities that will talk about our connection to our brothers and sisters in America in general, in, in, in Pittsburgh in uh, specific.
0: And how, what does the Allah say on how a community grieves? I know how a family member should grieve, but what about a community? Are there any Allahic considerations, any Torah? obligations to how a community grieves? Because this is where we're at right now, Rabbi. We're a community that's seeking direction.
1: It's a big debate. Uh, I wouldn't say only about the be, between the rabbis, but between the uh, leaders. Uh, I remember one of the very uh, special events that occurred uh, in Purim, where there was a bomb in Tel Aviv that killed a few Jews many years ago, maybe 20, 21 years ago. And it occurred the night before Purim. And there was a big debate. Should we celebrate Purim or should we not celebrate Purim? I think that uh, we should dedicate a part of our time to um, express our solidarity with the pain, the pain of the families, the pain of the the community. On the other hand, we shouldn't allow our enemies to feel that we are afraid, to feel that we are terrified. We should... um, we should continue our lives, but without forgetting uh, the price that we have paid for being Jewish. But I think furthermore than that, after the 24 hours of, of pain, we should talk further about uh, what should be done in uh, terms of what could be done as a community. How could we connect ourselves better? How could we strengthen our community in different levels? In the physical level, putting guards, in the spiritual level, in the social level, can we do better in order to improve our uh, community life, our engagement and commitment to the Jewish people? There's a lot to do in every community, I guess, uh, you over know what, here as well.
0: What I feel right now is a lot of fear, and fear is paralyzing many of us. There are meetings all over the country right now on whether we should get more security in synagogues for this Shabbat. So this is what's dominating our consciousness right now, is fear, and how do we, How do we transcend? How do we move on from fear to this place that you're talking about?
1: Well, this is a. Spontanic, uh, spontaneous uh, respond the fear of the next Shabbat, but I could g- almost guarantee that nothing will happen this Shabbat because after this Shabbat everybody will put guards. The question is what will be about the security in five months from now, and not what will happen to tomorrow. So I'm not an expert to tell the rabbis or to tell the communities, the congregations, how to d- how to deal with the security issues. But I think that the main Challenge, and I think that uh, you expressed this before we started this interview, that many of the people feel today that they are Jewish and they want to express their connection to, Jewish, to Jewishness and to the Jewish community. And I think that this is our biggest challenge, to make people uh, people feel that to, to come to shul, to come to synagogue, is one of the targets that sh- they should put upon themselves in order to strengthen their connection to, to, to the Jewishness, whatever synagogue they go to and um, and i think that our challenge will be to encourage youngsters not to be afraid of being jewish but rather to be proud of their jewishness and in order to be proud of your jewishness you have to put content to this Jewishness. What does it mean? Why should I be proud of being Jewish? I mean what makes me proud to be Jewish? What values do I carry as a part of the Jewish uh, heritage that I want to be a chain in this um, long chain for generations?
0: Now your organization in Israel, Sohar, you do a lot within the groups in Israel. You really get to the tough challenges, the machloket with the agunat and the chained women with uh, conversion issues, kashchut issues, anything that's complicated you weigh in in terms of connecting halakha to the modern challenges. Uh, Do you ever see yourself tackling the complicated issue of the relationship between the Jews in Israel and the Jews in America?
1: I think it's our role is uh, focusing on bridging gaps. And the main gra- gap that exists today in Israel is between observant and non-observant. But recently, especially after the events of the Kotel and other events that splitted the Israeli and the Jewish world in America, and spec- primarily in America, we came with a few proposals to the Jewish agency and to, others, to other leaders in order to create a kind of a dialogue between Orthodox rabbis and uh, rabbis from America in order to see how we can... Uh, confront this challenge and how can we bridge the gaps? I think that every Jew, whether it doesn't matter whether he's uh, orthodox or uh, reform or conservative or even unaffiliated, many of the Jews are not affiliated, not undenominational at all. Every Jew should feel that Israel is his home and that we embrace him and we want him to be a part of us, whether he stays here and whether he prefers to come and make Aliyah to Israel it's one of our challenges uh, we have we have a few proposals how uh, to bridge the gaps that exist we cannot uh, hide the gaps we are all modern orthodox and uh, we are um, fully committed to the halakha but there are issues that could be treated in a way that uh, could ease the tension
0: do you uh do you see all makhloket as created equal We have a perception in Judaism that uh, it's great to have these debates and conflicts and so forth. But do you find that some machloket are better than others? And if so, give me an example of a good machloket. Machloket being a disagreement. I
1: understand. A disagreement, when a disagreement or debate is regarding to people,
0: it's a bad machloket. What does that mean?
1: If somebody says, well, this guy is not observant enough, this guy is not knowledgeable enough, this guy doesn't understand what he's saying. When it comes to the person, to p- personal issues, it's terrible. When people debate about ideas, about uh, issues that should be. Look, I have printed uh, two books in the last couple of years, and the third and the fourth one, was Hashem, please God, in this year. And uh, there were uh, people that criticized Things that I have written there, the Like people what? Uh, regarding uh, issues of um, of uh, singles that uh, women singles that want to have a baby without marriage uh, and different issues. Right. Uh, it's a very important book that is uh, has been learned in many places today.
0: What's the name of the book?
1: Avo beitecha. avo beitecha. avo beitecha. That's one book, and the second book is Ben Hazmanim, deals with leisure time.
0: Now it's only in Hebrew, right? Unfortunately, yet well, it's only you know, in Hebrew. our political editor Shmuel Rosner does a lot of translating of books. Okay, so yeah, definitely, Shmuel, wherever you are, you've got to translate at least one and, of them.
1: But uh, so there, there were people that were debating with the few uh, uh, conclusions that were given in this in these books, and I'm happy to say that most of the criticism war, was uh, to the issue.
0: Based on the idea.
1: Based on the idea, you quoted this source. Well, why didn't you quote this one? And uh, the way I weighed between positions that are brought in the Talmud or in other places. And I felt that this debate uh, enriched me. Right. That's a healthy machloket. That's a healthy machloket. Because now I know I got an email from a rabbi yesterday and I asked my son to respond to him. And he said to me, look, his comments are reasonable. We have to take it in consideration. Maybe we have to fix something in the next book so that we, I think that we are enriched by machloket. We are, it's one of our skills as Jewish people to learn from each other. And the problem with debate begins when people do not respond to the issue, to the idea, but they respond to the man. Well, he is, a wicked person. He is a mm-hmm. he's a thief. And he's, he's reformed, He's reformed. not orthodox. Is this? Is that? Mm-hmm. Don't give titles. You have an answer. He gave a comment. He he, he made an argument. Please respond to his uh, to his uh, to his comment, and don't deal with others.
0: There was a lot of press in uh, a few days ago because there was this, I guess, there was a report that the chief rabbi of uh, Israel, one of the two, uh, refused of to them. call. Synagogue. Both of them. Yeah. And it, and it's so silly. It is shame. It is it's a so shame. silly. Uh, and it, it goes back to what you're saying about labeling. And it makes don't so ma- much media s- attention. Don't misunderstand
1: me. I'm an Orthodox rabbi and I'm not I know you I'm are. not praying in a in a conservative synagogue, but I will call it synagogue because that's a place of praying and people pray there. I wouldn't like my family to pray in this place because I think uh, that it's not a following my rules but okay that's their rules that's their custom and i will not debate with this and of course i will not insult them by not calling them a, a synagogue do you it's have a silly a, it
0: is silly uh do you have a relationship with the non-orthodox in in israel i'm thinking about the reform and the conservative
1: look basically i'm focusing on the secular society these mm-hmm. are my um, people that I want, and these are 90% of the Israeli society that I'm reaching out to them. The reforming conservative congregations in Israel are very small, a few thousands of people, which um, I almost, uh, I I have sometimes uh, dialogues with the leaders, but I don't see them on a daily basis. What I do see on a daily basis is the secular people that come to me and come to my organization in order to to help them,
0: to be assisted by us. And what are you, give me an example of what, how you've made a difference.
1: Look, uh, I will give, I will give it a, a, a story from America, from uh, even from Los Angeles. If somebody comes from Los Angeles and he belongs to a conservative congregation or reform congregation, he wants to get married, he made Aliyah, if he'll come to the regular rabbinate, uh, they will tell him, please give us proof that you are Jewish. And most probably, he will provide them with a letter from his conservative or reform rabbi that will not be recognized. And they will be stuck and they will not be able to prove that he's Jewish and will not be able to get married in Israel. Versus if he comes to my office, he comes to Zohar we will help him to prove that he's Jewish and in, mm-hmm. order, in order to be able to get married in Israel. And this happens on a daily basis, that mm-hmm. uh, conservative and reform and other secular people that the parents immigrated to Israel from uh, overseas need to prove that they're Jewish. And the only place that will help them to prove that they're Jews is Zohar Do you uh, work with E-team?
0: Rabbi Farber? Yes.
1: ITIM yeah. is an important organization that usually is focusing on the challenging the Supreme Court with different decisions of the chief rabbinate. We are not on this level, but we are cooperating in many issues. We have more than 650 rabbis, more than 500 women that are running
0: the bride counseling and thousands mm-hmm. of volunteers. Wow. It's a It's a huge organization. Okay. Well, you know, you know, the, you know the word I think about when I hear you speak, Rabbi. I think that you struggle. You and, and I mean that in a good way—that you don't take the easy way out. You enter the fray for complicated issues. My
1: rosh Shiva used to say that if you you do something that has no resistance, it means that you are meaningless. If you have resistance, it means that you are doing something. I think that we, many of us, uh, prefer to live in the comfort zones. But uh, I think that our challenge today is to engage the Israeli secular society to Judaism. As our challenge in America is to engage every youngster to, the, to his Jewish heritage. And a part of this is to do that through the struggling against the establishments that sometimes push away. Youngsters from uh, getting married in a lachic way, or from converting in a lachic way, or from having bar mitzvah in a lachic way, and our challenge is to bring them
0: back. Do you have a final word for us? Because right now we're uh, experiencing a lot of resistance. We're getting out of our comfort zone, and what's happening in the in Pittsburgh is really shaking us up. I want
1: I want I want really say to say to uh, all my Jewish and Jewish brothers and sisters here in America that they should know that despite different things that they hear in the media, the Israeli society expresses its solidarity with you, feels connected, feels engaged. We really feel that we belong to one nation, and uh, we you are always welcome to come to feel a part of us in the national home that we have built in the state of Israel.
0: Thank you very much Rabbi Stav, thank you.